Uh, not much. I My friends just got here, so I'm going to call you back in a little while. But I was going to ask if I could borrow the truck tomorrow to move my uh, bed. Okay, cool. Uh, my friend's off work at like five, so probably after that. Okay, cool. See you tomorrow. And there you have it. <laughs> That's how you interact with your dad. Moving day. Yeah, look, I'm moving oh, yeah. in with JT, asking my dad to borrow his truck. You know, sometimes you just gotta... Uh, what's that line from Interstellar? You mean your truck? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's funny that the first episode in the Nubio will be, I won't even be there for Damn. him. Yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's taking home turf. <laughs> yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's reclaiming JT's place as home turf. By the time you come back from Philly, it's going to be all my shit. There's going to yeah. be Adam Sandler posters everywhere. You'll have your scent over everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, your dog, my, your dog is going to be used to sleeping in my bed. <laughs> yeah. I will be the dog's owner. You got to do some alpha maneuvers before you go just to make sure that the household remains yours, you know, and I just mean, crap in different parts. Yeah. Of the room <laughs> berate, like get like really like berate your roommates in a way like that where you just get don't stuck. you dare fucking talk to Eddie. <laughs> Keep away from him. Give him the cold shoulder. <laughs> when I move in, I'm finding the biggest guy in there. And I'm beating the shit out of him. And I'm sorry, JT, that does mean I'm beating up your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Roommate law. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to make it in there, man. Trust me. <laughs> Don't get me started on the racial segregation in JT's. Oh, jeez. I didn't <laughs> know. Well, it's, it's, just like, it's, just, it's a lot like prison in that way. Oh, okay. See, <laughs> if gangs. I knew that going in, that there were racial gangs in JT's house, I would not have agreed. Well, frankly, I need a place to live. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Welcome hey, to the extent. Oh, go ahead. No, it's no matter what you you know what what you believe when you get in there you're gonna have to bang with your race no matter what. <laughs> and it's not it's not you know oh I wish things would change I wish you know life wasn't racist it is that way so you're gonna have to do that to for survival. Put away your beliefs and your thoughts and address the reality of the situation. <laughs> Once I'm done doing my hard time of ten months in the slammer known as JT's apartment. I'll be able to go back to accepting everyone for who they Abs are. Absolutely. You better. You better is what is what I say. Life is different on the outside. Yeah. And life is different on the after hours feed of extended <laughs> clip where today we are talking about Carlito's Way, the nineteen ninety three film by Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma, uh one of the favorite filmmakers of the pod. We haven't really reviewed many of his movies any of his movies i think we've <laughs> we've done like maybe two right maybe yeah, one femme fatale. femme fatale and that might be it that's crazy yeah yeah that's wild but you know he makes all of our lists we always talk about him we love him he's on the outskirts of the podcast for sure he's on the outside looking in and now he's in <laughs> well knowing de palma he would love to be on the outside looking in that, <laughs> that <laughs> voyeuristic fuck yeah true that's a that's a turn of phrase that doesn't have a negative connotation for him no not at all <laughs> oh dress to kill is the other one we reviewed oh yeah. so we have reviewed yeah. two brian de palma movies so far and this will be the third this is you know you could say it's kind of the flip side of the coin of scarface considering that both are crime epics starring al pacino playing a latin american character but 
uh, they are so different in terms of uh, the emotional approach and the way the script is shaped, uh, the dialogue itself, and just the overwhelming romantic feeling of Carlito's way. I think by far uh, De Palma's most romantic film. You guys had both seen this one before, right? Yeah, this was my second time. Nice. Me too, actually. This is also my second time. Wow. Second timers <laughs> club. We have a lot in common. That's how, crazy. How did you feel about it this time around, JT? I had very like loose memories of the first time I watched it, and I remember really liking it a lot, but I wasn't sure how it was going to shake out in terms of comparing it to other De Palma, but it's, I don't know, operating on like such an intense like operatic scale mm-hmm. where everything is like huge and like I don't know I love that the ending is like telegraphed in the beginning it feels very shakespearean yeah. and like huge right from the beginning and I mean De Palma does that a lot like very large stories but yeah I loved it No yeah it is interesting and also comparing it to the rest of De Palma's filmography interesting because it's probably not my favorite but it's probably pretty up there mm-hmm. and it's kind of like hard to think because yeah it is it is a, a, a lot different from your typical De Palma movie usually you know kind of the main actor you know Craig Wasson you know kind of like a cipher for some some cool camera tricks or whatever not to reduce body double down to that but it's like this this movie really is in touch with like kind of the personal whims of Carlito and kind of finds a way you know, through kind of, you know, this dramatic kind of camera style, a lot of these tracking shots to make the personal, and his personal life is very entertaining with gangsters yeah. and whatnot, but he finds a way to make that, you know, just even grander, kind of just like him chilling in a nightclub feels even, you know, grander than usual. And just as JT said, uh, setting up the ending over the incredible opening credit sequence, uh, just knowing that he's going to, you know, end up getting shot. Uh, It it just, no matter how uh, much De Palma and Pacino can bring you into this film, you know exactly where it's going to go. So it's that, you know, doomed romantic feeling that swells up every time the romanticism of the film uh, kind of takes a turn. And yeah, it's it's that push and pull, uh, the the two forces in Pacino's life, you know, uh, either Gale and trying to make it on the straight and narrow and forget the life of crime or Sean Penn as Alan Dershowitz or Kleinfeld mm-hmm. uh, who, who's reeling him back into the world of crime through this like higher tier of corporate law crime. You know? Yeah, this is how you know Alan Dershowitz is a pedophile because he was <laughs> mad about his depiction in this movie and there are some things that this character does you know, that are unsavory especially towards the back end of the movie. Yes. But uh you know, it is it is like, you know, if you're just a, a humble lawyer, you know what I mean? And, you know, like I said, not a, a positive representation, but Sean Penn, you know, as a lawyer, he's he's in the club. He's running things. <laughs> you know, he's doing drugs. He's, you know, he's having sex at his big elaborate parties. It's much better than kind of reversal of fortune where, you know, it's kind of just like a guy who's decent at street ball. That's kind of the most flashy thing about him and that he'll defend people that don't even, you know. That uh, that no one else will defend, you know. So it's like, yeah, the the fact that Dersh was mad about this movie is a red flag. Yeah, I mean, this shows him doing more, or just, you know, purely criminal activities, but he does appear way cooler than yeah. Reversal of Fortune. That is to be sure. Um, I think that also is uh, a testament to the filmmaking style of De Palma. True, you know, yeah. De Palma would never suffer from the middle brow uh, tedium 
of uh, whatever. Who, who made that? Barbara Schroeder. Yeah, Barbara. My favorite female filmmaker, Barbara <laughs> Schroeder. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you watch a l- couple more of her films, they'll make your list one day. You That's know? true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, if we expand the list, let's say to 25, 30. Okay. <laughs> but then the integrity of the list, it's gone. <laughs> like, I just don't have that many characters on Twitter. No, yeah. No, exactly. Oh, boy. For those who don't know what we're talking about, good. (laughs) So, if you don't know what this movie is, a a kind of a primer on it, as we said, uh, Al Pacino plays another uh, Latin American American gangster, this time a Puerto Rican uh, gangster who is fresh out of jail, his 30-year stint reduced to five years due to the magical lawyer powers of Kleinfeld. And so he gives this great speech in the beginning about how, you know, he's uh, rehabilitated, reinvigorated, uh, and just immediately goes back on that. You know, he's in with Kleinfeld still on the criminal side, but it's like to a certain extent. He's like, I just need my 75 grand, you know, and I'll I'll be good. And uh, because 75 grand will be enough for him to buy into a car rental place. (laughs) And I like that. Throughout this film, you know, it's kind of about escaping to paradise, as we see in that image uh, in the very beginning that comes to life at the end, and how him and Gail are going to go from Miami to the Bahamas. Uh, And the fact that his version of a paradise, uh, basically, of a life is renting cars just goes to show how morally damaging uh, his life of crime was. Like, he really wants to get away from it. And the only thing holding him back is Kleinfeld because of how much Kleinfeld helped him. Uh, he just feels that brotherly connection to him despite his, you know, he, he seems to pretty much despise him <laughs> from 40 minutes in. Like, yeah. Right when he sees Kleinfeld just like snorting his nose off and just like mishandling women. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, uh, I don't know about this guy anymore. <laughs> but he has to stand by his side. And uh, that that's obviously his, his fatal flaw is his like his commitment to everything and obviously being committed to too many things uh, with like opposing goals. So obviously none of it can get done, uh, which is how he ends up dead. No. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like paradise and whatnot, you know, his, his like vision of paradise. We see it in the beginning, kind of like this, this uh, deep red orange vision of the beach or whatever. And it is kind of funny. Like the, the blue sheen of this movie is, it kind of feels like the, the opposite of par you know paradise yeah. has never felt so far away in, in a sense and yeah i do i do like uh the aspect of you know pacino being you know a gangster returning to a scene he has no familiarity with and like it really reminded me a lot of uh king of new york mm-hmm. this time around that aspect of it obviously they, you know they kind of take it in different angles two very different performances as well from you know walking and pacino but it is kind of like i don't know like i even you know, even in uh, gang code or whatever, it is just like kind of the relatable of kind of stepping back from something, and then you kind of like peek in, like music scenes or stuff like that. You yeah. peek in into you're like, I don't know any of these people. Like this mean, you know, no one has the same values as me anymore. No one like thinks the way I do. You know what I mean? It is just kind of, I like that perspective for a main character, kind of realizing the changes that have happened. Yeah, throughout, it's just so like doomed and alienated his perspective i mean it's like i mean de palma does make a lot of movies that i feel like generally like are are pretty sad 
but like because you're in Carlito's head so much, you know how legitimately he's yearning to like actually have a better life for himself. But like it couldn't possibly go yeah. that way. And just like every aspect of his life, he's alienated and an outsider. And uh, it's so fucking bleak. Yeah. And it's like he he's being received with all of this alienation, but it's not like that alienated and cold perspective that you'll mm-hmm. see in some of De Palma's nastier movies. We are so compassionately with Carlito throughout this movie, which is why it becomes so impactful. And, you know, as you said, returning to that scene that he doesn't know anymore, the first 45 minutes of this maybe are purely expositional, just him kind of picking up the threads where he left off, seeing where things are at right now. And I don't know, it's it's not like, like De Palma uh, exposition isn't boring because it's just incredibly filled with style and he'll just throw an action set piece in there too like he does with this underground pool hall that's like behind mm-hmm. a barbershop you know you you, you t- open the back door of a barbershop you get this pool hall where there's this incredible action scene you know uh he's riding back up for his cousin who's a drug delivery boy and uh he when I say he, now I'm talking about De Palma. Uh, De Palma <laughs> shows the audience all of the elements that will be involved uh, in the action scene. He shows them like the the door, like the pool cue, the sunglasses, the knife, everything. Then just lets the tension slowly build, uh, just showing you insert shots of things that are going to be involved as it goes. And I don't know, it's so great at building tension over uh, that Santana song, <laughs> Oyo Como Va. And it's just that explosion of violence is so perfect, followed directly by the deeply emotional like regret of him walking away from that crime scene, not even thinking about the cops or anything like that are right there, basically just gets rid of the gun in a dumpster and walks away. Uh, And I love the way he gets rid of that gun too. It's so funny. Just wipes it off and just like, can't even be near. Just uh, takes his hands away from it. Right. When he flings it (laughs) into the dumpster, great physical acting there. No. Yeah. You mentioned the pool hall scene and yeah, come to think of it, like the way that's set up. Yeah. You have like all the different characters are established, the different, um, you know, little corners of the room that, you know, Carlito has his eye on. And it is like he's De Palma sets it up and kind of just lets, uh, you know, along with his, you know, camera work, lets like Pacino just kind of like swarm around this scene, like kind of like affect it. He starts doing like a pool trick or whatever. It is like very, very great uh, combo of just like direction setting up really good acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Like in this, there are so many just like great. I don't know, stylish De Palma scenes that I feel like this is something, I don't know, there's so many moments that watching again I had forgotten about, like when uh, Carlito's in the strip club and he's uh, seeing, he's like figuring out that Gail is a stripper at Mm -hmm. first. You get a moment where like the camera is sort of in Carlito's perspective and you're seeing all the tits and you get some great De Palma lechery as it's like floating around the strip club. But then he sees that it's Gale and then you have uh, him like just sort of looking at looking back at the lecherous men that he used to be a part (laughs) of in that. For a movie that kind of feels like outside, at least from what I'm familiar with, of like De Palma's oeuvre, it has all like a lot of the same ticks but there's like thinking of like Pacino looking at Gail's ballerina class and kind of like mm-hmm. semi stalking her down to uh, <laughs> to you know get in contact with her and that is like kind of that's a classic De Palma move you know watching something through a window 
but it has you know this tr- the twinge of romanticism to it really gives it a special feel I love uh, the the lecherous men in the strip club when Pacino he's talking to Gail you know upstairs or whatever and he's he's really trying not to judge her for being a stripper or whatever yeah, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> and then those two guys come in uh, these two like fifty year old you know businessmen come in and are just like I hey big fan really liked your work out there you were fantastic <laughs> a lot of a lot of great like really funny character actor stuff just thrown into the mix of this really like broad melodrama with just yeah great splashes of you know action and you know not comedy in terms of like comedy set pieces or goofy De Palma humor well yeah exactly it's not like the goofy De Palma humor of his actual comedy movies Mm -hmm. it's not like Bonfire the Vanities Wise Guys or (laughs) even his early satires yeah there's just a lot of funny like kind of like action movie humor you know like the big fat guy at the end yeah well you know when Mm. you said that I thought of Sean or Kleinfeld, I should say, uh, you know, big party and like how De Palma <laughs> opens out with that tracking shot. And, and I think I can't remember if the guy's fat or not, but it's it's some guy falling down after he does like <laughs> yeah. a line of coke. It is funny it just to or in just kind of like the old people dancing too. Yeah, off that the coke. was very funny. It is like it is very like I want a Kleinfeld movie because it is like De Palma gives like a peek into a lot of this weird lifestyles Kleinfeld's living and kind of like there's a bunch of other fucking Kleinfelds coked up too just at this party. Oh, it's so insane. Crazy. I love the line where like Kleinfeld, it's like the guy is like fucking that woman like pretty much like out in public. He's like, go to the fucking bed. Don't yeah, be an says, animal. Go fuck her in my, go find a bedroom and fuck her like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> and and Carlito is just so, he's so over it. He's so over Kleinfeld like yeah. telling his, go fucking her. He's just like. I fucking hate all this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just so removed from this. To speak of why he's at that party, uh, th- this is kind of the one last job that fucks everything up. You know, uh, Kleinfeld going over the line. And the scene before this, Pacino really just wants, it seems like he wants to tell him off. They're at the nightclub together that Pacino's running. <laughs> and he's just making a total ass of himself. And he's like, uh, I, I got to ask you something, uh, but f- uh, I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow. And Pacino's like, why, why don't you just tell me right now? He's like, I need visual aid. And that's such a great, just like stupid De Palma gag where he says, I need visual aid. Mm-hmm. And then it just cuts to that incredible tracking shot, just showing you the entire party, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dance floor and then that long, long patch of grass between the dance floor and most of the party and, of course, Kleinfeld, Pacino. And the people off to the side of them getting it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that is that the scene the scene at the club before? And is that the one where he has sex with that waitress before? <laughs> I or <believe> so. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I'm think there's two of them. Oh thinking. no, there is two. It's yeah. not that one. That's the one. That's like the final blow. Uh, other than the finale with Benny Blanco yeah. from the Bronx, uh, is, is when the he one? fucks with he fucks that girl in the bathroom uh, who Benny Blanco felt a certain obligation toward is this the one where he calls the guys wops or whatever yeah i believe so yeah because this is when he's like really just over it with the italians even though he he's so stupid he doesn't realize if he kills this guy tony t the italians are gonna know it's him obviously Uh, so the thing that kleinfeld wants to do he has this guy in jail that he represents uh who he wants to break out of jail and we learn later that his motivation is to also whack him uh so pacino goes with him gail that was like her final straw like i'm not gonna you know uh don't come back if you go on that mission and of course carlito goes sees the ugly truth you get that incredible shot of him coming back after they whack uh tony t and his son frankie uh frank Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, 
of Carlito kind of with the railing of the boat uh, splitting the frame, uh, like running horizontally and him just like looking down pensively. And this is one thing I will say, Malcolm and I saw this film on a print, mm-hmm. a little faded. That yeah. shot was completely black on the Blu-ray. It is completely blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that blue image, like that blue wash of the boat ride home is just so gorgeous. And it kind of like it kind of pushes the the visuals like the color scheme that has been kind of going on, you know, previously. You know, kind of like the a lot of uh, environments that are blue, and then you kind of you're just gone to like you know this sea, just this all this literal blue. It's it's a really effective yeah. choice. So talking about it, we have kind of like fast forwarded to the third act through the Kleinfeld plot. But there is the Luis Guzman plot at the club, and there's the Gale plot, and it's so there's a lot of moving parts. When I said that he wanted to, you know, come back into the neighborhood, reassess where everything was at, that's kind of the first 45 minutes. There are a lot of threads to set up. He has the guy who's very uh, unhappy with his wages at the club that he runs. Of course, he has Benny Blanco from the Bronx, who uh, had a debt that the previous owner of the club owed him. And so since he thought he could dine in for free and the fact that he thinks he's some hotshot smack dealer uh, makes Carlito not a fan of John Leguizamo's character, (laughs) Benny Blanco from the Bronx. One of the funniest, like that's the goofiest performance in the movie for sure. No, yeah, it is. But I, I think it's, I really like this thread too. And of course yeah. how it comes back around because it is like, of course it's always there. It's presence. It's always looming, but it is like priority is given more towards Gale and Kleinfeld and kind of like you have all these different threads and like Benny Blanco just seems like kind of like the most unimportant one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, some young upshot motherfucker and like, it's not even really Pacino's concern. So when he deals with them, he's just like, fuck you, Benny Blanco. <laughs> like, you're the least of like my, pro- like you're just some, some new kid who thinks he's yeah. hot. And it is, I love how that, uh, you know, ends up, uh, costing him. I think there's also something to say about how Benny Blanco admires Carlito when he first meets him for being this legend in the drug game. Mm -hmm. And I think Carlito really resents that and is like, this guy looks up to me not for being a man, but for being, you know, uh, (laughs) a pusher man. (laughs) And and, uh, he he doesn't want to do that shit anymore. And that's just... He, he doesn't want to see more guys idolize that as like the peak of living. So he really, really doesn't like him. But he also spares him when he could have easily killed him, which comes back to haunt him, of course. Uh, you get the great scene of him and Luis Guzman dragging Benny Blanco out of the club. And Luis Guzman's like, come on, man, let's put him in the trunk. Let's drag him to the river like the old days. <laughs> <laughs> but Pacino has mercy on him because, you know, just because someone is on the wrong track doesn't mean you got to kill him. Maybe you just teach him a lesson. Carlito, maybe a little too, uh, yeah, maybe a little too idealistic there. (laughs) Stop teaching lessons. Just kill, just kill these kids. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I like, I guess that's why I find, I find Carlito so endearing. You know, oh exactly, because he has, he has this, you know, who, who, who hasn't wanted it at all? You know, I want to live a good life for myself, but also, you know, leave a positive influence on others. And it is, it is just like his lifestyle and him trying to get away from the crime lifestyle is like, it's nearly impossible for him. You know what I mean? It is like, you know, he's got his cousin, you know, just getting a ride from his cousin. It's like, actually, can you, you know, can you help me do, you know, some illegal stuff? And it is like, it seems like in the presence of Carlito, people get like, you know, they're bloodthirsty in a way, you know, they want to go back to the, the old ways, you know, the old ways they're running shit or they're like Benny Blanco where they, you know, took inspiration from them. And it's like, you know, of course, Carlito's not none too pleased about this. 
and to speak on the Gale plot, uh, the the first scene where we see her, he he talks about. Uh, I think he sees a girl in the club who reminds uh, him of her after one of the dancers in the club is like, uh, or one of the servers, someone in the club is like, come on, why don't you want to dance with anyone? You know, uh, he's like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> and you just get that great leering close up of just some girl who kind of looks like Gail. And then he, in the pouring rain, just drenched in blue again, of course, uh, sad Pacino goes and grabs the garbage lid, puts it over his head like an umbrella uh, to just peer into the window of her ballet class. And that that is just so like romantic, I guess. I don't know. There, there are so many things that in De Palma movies seem like they would be absurd in real life, uh, but they're just perfect for what they are. And that's definitely one of them is all of the the leering doing <laughs> being done by Pacino. But there's also the, their first kiss once they're first back together. You know, he has to kind of win her heart back after messing up so hard with her. It it has this circular tracking around them that kind of recalls the, the big swooping circular tracking motion in body double at that big kiss at the beach. But it doesn't have that weird rear projected motion blur kind of effect going on. Uh, it, it's much more clear eyed because, of course, this is a romance and not just a you know deceptive lust trick uh <laughs> whatever was going on in body double so yeah i don't know and of course the use of uh joe cocker's you are so beautiful uh <laughs> is amazing you know much like uh, albert brooks's modern romance it gets me every time baby <laughs> i feel like i mean for the gangster genre in general the romance with gail is so like out of step because like it's the common trope where it's just you got this the bitch girlfriend or bitch wife. They're like such a side uh, character, but it means so much to Carlito. But even Gail like kind of wants the criminal aspect of Carlito. Like that's sexy. Like the when uh, he he breaks down the door to fuck her. Like that stuff is that's cool. But she wants One like a little scenes. bit of the danger. Like she says yeah. she wants him to go straight, but like I don't know. Yeah, These she... girls say they want a thug, you know, and then they, they go do thug shit and they're upset. I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to please them. No, I mean that scene perfectly encapsulates De Palma's like romanticism of that kind of gangster movie feeling. It's like he he's like begging to, you know, come and be, you know, apologize, whatever. She's like a the only way you're going to come in is if you break down the door after mm. saying that, you know, stop doing crime kind of stuff. And, you know, of course, we get a beautiful extended uh, voyeuristic shot from his perspective, totally breaking the like realism of the point of view shot as it zooms in <laughs> all the way from the crack in the door into the mirror to get a perfect mirror shot of her, you know, disrobing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, this movie's about babes, broads, and boobs. Yeah, I was asleep <laughs> most of the time, but I woke up during that part, and I was I was. You know hyped. what? There were people laughing during that part uh, in the theater. Wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't the it? The, the, That's the, the worst part about going back to the theater for rep screenings. Is yeah, the, the audience was more respectful, honestly, sure. than I imagined it was going to be, but that scene them laughing at it I was like all right come well, on guys. it is like interesting there's some humor to it yeah. but it's not like uh they seem to perf purposely be laughing at like the zoom in on her taking her clothes off and it's like oh De Palma's a little too porny for you now okay yeah that's not fun hey hey a beautiful woman is yeah, a serious thing in the world exactly strap you to a chair make you watch passion <laughs> well you know it's body double there's interesting things about this movie 
where like I don't like I I like all right. There's two things about this movie that I feel like um, could get you know ki- kill. You get a lot of like snarky laughter at a rep screening in a negative way. I guess I'm saying, but like Pacino kind of has like this dialogue a little bit, and like he kind of like you know will wax poetic a little bit mm. here and there, and like some of, I do I like this aspect of the movie kind of like. Pacino kind of does have like his own way of talking in this yeah. movie that's very individual to this character and like it's not exactly a Puerto Rican accent it's just yeah. Al Pacino doing Carlito Brigante it's, it's, it's just that it yeah. sounds like like in you know maybe I'm becoming one of the snarky rep theater goers it sounds like Seagal Soul Man a little bit wow but but like hey it's still a good performance like yeah. I still, yeah it's an amazing still, performance no exactly yeah. and I'm I but it's it's when like those scenes where he's just kind of like talking to himself i like it because it does have like this very like i said specific quality of an individual tone and then the soundtrack the soundtrack is like some of the most popular songs Mm -hmm. of all time (laughs) it is it is is like it is kind of like like i do like the you are so beautiful i guess some of like i guess i I guess people hit man with this but it, it feels feels different in this movie, like it, it just it is jarring to hear some of the most popular songs of all time. Wait, what are their what are their popular songs? There are a lot of big disco hits. Yeah, oh, like, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess, and it makes sense given the disco. I guess I I don't even know how I feel about that, but it was just it was just kind of hearing some huge disco hits. See, which, I like rock music. When you yeah. when you say the most popular song of all time, I'm I'm thinking what uh, uh, "Love Me Do" by the Beatles. Well, yeah, it but it, it it's like when <laughs> when like you pick up a song that popular in my head is like is there like a reason or is this just like kind of is this just go with the movie in a way? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's always a reason whether sincere or ironic mm-hmm. with De Palma because even as passionate as this film is, there's always going to be a little bit of that De Palma uh, humor and detachment and, you know, co- I don't know if coyness is the right word, but yeah. his, his cheeky uh, <laughs> sensibility, no, no pun intended, one, one of the cheekier things being the tracking shot following Al Pacino through a club, or through his club, rather. He's about to ascend to the staircases. He just takes a beat, looks to either side, I forgot which side, and then a beautiful woman walks in front of him that he doesn't notice, and we just follow that perspective, like, uh, follow in his perspective still and get a nice yeah. <laughs> classic De Palma upskirt ascending the sca- ascending the stairs. <laughs> uh, it looks like you're doing some research. Though. I what was looking up the uh, the soundtrack to see what we got here. And some of it is definitely cheeky. Like there's Rock the Boat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Used to humorous effect. Backstabbers by the OJs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. There's no, some good yeah. I, Okay, Rock the Boat was a very funny one now that I think about yeah. it. So basically after this hit happens, yeah, all the Italian are after him uh, <laughs> the fucking italians man <laughs> they couldn't catch my puerto rican ass <laughs> i also yeah in my 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 recollection of this movie he says my puerto rican ass like 10 times he, says it, he only says it once yeah uh look folks sometimes movies are remembered differently for different people <laughs> i mean it is funny like yeah. i think yeah. we've talked to before, oh i mean the like, first opening model does all the races it's fine yeah, exactly it's he's, he's collecting them all <laughs> Well, that's that's what I I mean. Like, well, we're we're waiting for that last one still. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be a, a curtain closer performance. That'll but, be uh, the day. Um, but it is like, yeah, there's something. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm I'm wrong to say this, but there's something fun about Pacino playing Puerto Rican and like Penn kind of doing a Jewish caricature oh, in yeah, a way. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's like I don't know. It's, this is like a 
it's like a cultural exchange program in a way. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's just how I feel about. Well, there it, is also the comment made by the Italian mobsters uh, toward the end in that great uh, panicking uh, scene at the table with them, um, where the camera is. I guess mounted on the table, just kind of rotating in a circle around, seeing these medium close-ups on every guy, and hearing Pacino uh, float in and out of voiceover as the Italian guys just saying all these ethnic slurs, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and just saying like how they thought he was an Italian guy at first. The Italians, they, they go for him. They, they, mm-hmm. he, he makes a mad dash out of the club, and we get one of the great chases, one of the great action set pieces in all of De Palma. First, a classic game of train chicken, uh, jumping from one car to the next. Uh, you get the one fat guy mobbing with the Italians who <laughs> can't keep up with them. You think Pacino's just going to run into him like a wall at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a very funny aspect added to the <laughs> to this like very uh, great chase sequence that is just kind of full of like tension and what like I love like the way like uh, you know the way the tracking shots are used and how like, you know, they'll stop and like, you know, the tracking will reemerge, you know, through character movement. Like when Pacino decides to leave the club and like cocks his gun and like the, the cameras behind his decision 100% and really yeah. gives him that, that power really gives that, you know, that scene some juice. I just did, did a little snap. That <laughs> yeah, was like a very, yeah. very producer, like yeah, snap. That's Hollywood, like, uh, Malcolm. Yeah, that's Hollywood, right? There. The camera and Pacino himself, it's a lot of like stop and start motions. Yeah. There's a lot, especially during this scene where Pacino goes from kind of looking around a corner to going in a full sprint to walking very naturally mm-hmm. <laughs> all within like five seconds. And, it's great because he has to get to the train station to catch his train uh, as Gale has forgiven him. And they're going to catch that train to Miami and fly to the Bahamas and be in paradise from there. And uh, it's, yeah, it's such a great chase. They go into the Union Station and th- it's just like a game of escalator, cat and mouse, until finally the fat guy shows up later after they've been <laughs> running around the train station for 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, he finally shows up and just sees Pacino laying down on the escalator. A shootout ensues. Pacino emerges victorious somehow, and it's this incredible shootout uh, where this huge crowd of a train station is absolutely cleared, and there's one shot where it looks like Pacino is like the only person in there for like half a second, and then he runs to the platform he needs to get to, and it's just in your stomach, like it's like, oh, paradise is right there, but you just remember how the movie started, mm. and it's just like, ugh, it's, ugh, it's happening, and there he is, baby. Benny Blanco from the Blanx. Blanks. Blanks. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the, I, I love how he's dressed. Like He looks like the invisible man like, yeah. in this scene. <laughs> with, like his bandages, you know, getting brutally beaten up by uh, Carlito and his goons scenes before. But yeah, he really and just. He has like the big sling to accommodate the, the muzzled gun under it. No, yeah. Pretty sick move. And then. Uh, he gets shot and we kind of return to that same. Uh, shot as the intro but with different voiceover going where it's uh, I guess the shot reverse shot is facing down on him on the is it called a gurney that they take you away on yeah Uh, on the gurney and then the reverse of him just looking at those two streaks of light uh, on the ceiling and then finally that shot of paradise uh, the the promotional poster that comes to life and appears to be uh, Gail dancing on a beach in the Bahamas as Pacino was able to give her all of his money uh, right before he died. And uh, 
yeah, You Are So Beautiful to Me comes up <laughs> over the credits, and we all cry and go home. You know, just thinking about this movie, like, um, in terms of other De Palma movies, like, of course, there's still a lot of a lot of great camera savvy here, a lot of great um, moves De Palma's doing, but I guess maybe it's so intertwined with, you know, this personal narrative, and just kind of like how, like, especially towards the end of The Chase, but just like in a lot of this movie, we're just tracking Pacino with that. It really, you know, in a way, it kind of it makes me focus less on kind of like camera movement than I usually do. Yeah. When it comes to the Palma movie, but like of course, with like the opening credits and that coming, you know, coming back at the end, like that shot where we go to the lights and then it, you know, points the way all the way back down to Pacino. It's like, oh yeah, he still he still has those and those have still been going on, but you know, with this kind of more of a personal narrative going and paying yeah. attention to that they've just integrated so well they've become one yeah there are some ridiculous shots in this like there's the one uh <laughs> there's a shot in kleinfeld's office that starts basically looking out his window uh and it's just like a shot of people walking around on the street and it's this like really it has a lot of depth to it there's people on one higher plane than other people uh like crossing a bridge and walking on the sidewalk or whatever and then it just slowly zooms out to reveal that it's a window and then pulls back over the desk to reveal that it's Carlito talking to Sean Penn in the office. And there's just so much stuff like that that he pulls off so slyly because it is such an emotionally investing movie that, yeah, some of the some of the most like just really incredible camera movement in here uh, isn't as... I don't know. It, it it's obviously noticeable if you're looking for yeah. it, but uh, it doesn't call as much attention to itself. Like something like body double, it's like it it is like the cliche. It's like the character or the camera is the main character, or something like that. And that really can't be said about this movie. I would say so. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know. This is Brian De Palma loving love. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like it's so bleak though. Like right from the beginning, it's. I mean, obviously, it's a very expensive, lavish, rich people spending money movie, but I feel like ultimately relates to sort of the idea of poverty as being inescapable and like crime is the only like way out for like someone from a poor neighborhood and whatnot. But there's that little glimmer of hope and paradise with love, but can't have it. Yeah, no way. You know, Luis Guzman's going to stab you in the back and for no reason. Benny Blanco shoots him right after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. He's just like, I'm sorry, Carlito. I had to look out for myself. <laughs> just gets shocked. Just explaining. Sorry, man. Sorry I sold you out. <laughs> I bet you could understand. You're a businessman yourself. <laughs> that's true. That's that's just that was uh like you get said, that's Carlito's mistake. Just too much art. He's not he's not a businessman. He's a wow. gangster. Wow. <laughs> All those other people were operating business like mentality, like I'll fuck over anything. Kleinfeld was gonna sell him out. Yeah, everyone was gonna sell him out. He's like, I'm just too loyal. Yeah, I wasn't raised that way. Now, tell me if this has been done. But what if it was Carlito's gay, and he was like, if they fuck my Puerto Rican ass above 82nd Street, <laughs> uh, feel free to cut this out. But it's Carlito's gay, and he's trying to get. You are so 